By Richmond, WTPS Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. Friday, Major League Baseball took the July All-Star Game out of the city of Atlanta over concerns with the new voting laws in the state of Georgia that many believe are restrictive to people of color. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred made the announcement after a conference call with owners. Clinton Yates of ESPN's The Undefeated believes there will be a ripple effect within businesses in the state. For these sort of tentpole showcase events, yeah, I do think a lot of other companies are going to look at that and say, you know what, that's not what we're doing. Because in 2021, I don't mean just in terms of the distance we've existed in terms of the state of the United States of America, but after 2020, our eyes are open a little bit more to this kind of stuff. And there's no reason to do it the wrong way when we're plenty available to do things anywhere, anyhow we so choose. That was Clinton Yates on Marty and McGee here on ESPN Radio. Friday night, the NCAA Women's Final Four had Stanford withstand two shots from South Carolina in the final two seconds to win the game. Stanford now on in the championship game against fellow Pac-12 member Arizona after the Wildcats stunned number one seed UConn 69-59. Game time Sunday for the championship, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And the men's Final Four begins later today. Game one, Baylor against Houston. The nightcap, UCLA against Gonzaga. And as we talk about the Final Four, Loyola Chicago head coach Porter Moser is in talks with Oklahoma about replacing the retired head coach, Lon Kruger. Coming up Monday, we're reacting to the Final Four and getting you set for the national championship game. I'll tell you why this team is going to win the whole thing. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Monday morning on ESPN Radio. Exhilarating exhibition by this supremely gifted athlete. He's on a dizzying ascent to greatness, winning the Santa Anita Derby clearly from Baltoro. Races powered by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. What do you say now? Please pardon the bluegrass, but it was opening day at Keeneland yesterday. And uh, some frosty conditions and fans back at Keeneland Racetrack in Lexington, Kentucky. We haven't talked too much about racing in Kentucky itself with all the prep races at Florida, at Arkansas, at Louisiana, and California. Uh, but now we've set our sights a little narrower to the bluegrass stakes. Thanks for spending your Saturday mornings with us on Off to the Races. On today's show, we'll go out to Keeneland, talk to Evan Hammonds, the editorial director of The Blood Horse who is there um, for racing and a big day today three major stakes races this coming up here in about an hour and a half of tv coverage that kicks off at 5 30 on nbc sports it's the wood memorial from aqueduct in new york it's the bluegrass stakes from keeneland racetrack in kentucky lexington kentucky and it's the Santa Anita Derby, as you heard on the opening of the show, Justify used the Santa Anita Derby, part of his launching pad to an undefeated Triple Crown campaign in 2018. So three big stakes races. And if you look at Kentucky Derby winners over the last several decades, this is the Saturday where most of them come from, and these are the races where most of them come from. Not all the time we get our surprises, but most of them come out of the Bluegrass, the Wood Memorial, and the Santa Anita Derby. So, uh, Also on today's show, our Features with Frank segment will have author Vicki Moon, who is coming out with a book about Sylvia Bishop. 
a trainer at Charlestown that you've probably seen in the program in past years, but a background story that is really impressive. Uh, can't wait to hear that feature. And of course, Derby Bill with all the handicapping uh, of the races, the big three races. Plus, we'll try and maybe pick out a couple of other races that uh, he may look at as you it's kind of a busy time of year. I mean, you got all this horse racing going on. You got the final four uh, coming on about five o'clock. Put fresh batteries in your remote control. Uh, you may need them later on today. Want to go back last week and let's recap some of the racing action. We'll start with a $12 million race in the Dubai World Cup. Uh, this was a, a field of 14. The favorite is our previous guest on the show, Michael Stidham, saddled uh, Mystic Guide put Luis Saez aboard for Godolphin. He was the big favorite in the $12 million Dubai World Cup. They were going a mile and a quarter uh, at uh, Maiden Racetrack uh, in Dubai. And here is the call of that stretch run. They turn into the footsteps of history and it's Mystic Guide going up to challenge Hypothetica. Then Sleepy Eyes type Chua Wizard continues to come on. Then Magnicor, Jesus' team are down the outside. But Mystic Guide races away in the cup inside the 200 metres mark. Gets away by three. Chua Wizard, Hypothetical, Salute the Soldier, Magnicor. But it's going to be a Godolphin win. A Godolphin USA win. Mystic Guide charges away and takes the Dubai World Cup. Mystic Guide wins easily. Impressive win there and a big win, the biggest win of Michael Stidham's career. Leading trainer, Colonial Downs in well, Colonial Downs 2.0 ever since the reopening back in 2019. And uh, certainly a, a, a major win in his career. Congratulations to those connections there. That race was run just hours after we got off the air uh, last week. And just before we got on the air, it, they ran the Alcors. And even though we ran this race replay had plenty on it last week i just wanted to run it one more time because it was such a big win for former de haas stakes winner extravagant kid and eight-year-old for owner uh, david ross who races under the the name dars incorporated trainer uh, brendan walsh um, and ryan moore the jockey here here's the stretch run of the alcors over on the far side of the track, but Man of Promise drove through, went to the front of an equilateral, finishing on his Royal Crusade. They were followed by Extravagant Kid. Acclam Express is over on the rail side. The leader is Man of Promise, kicking back strongly equilateral. Extravagant Kid for the USA is bursting through, and final song is late. Extravagant Kid hit the front. Extravagant Kid wins it. Yeah, just an impressive win there for the eight-year-old. And, and, and there you have... David Ross, Michael Stidham, two horsemen that will be at Colonial Downs this summer winning million-dollar races across the globe in, in Dubai last week, hours apart. So uh, just an amazing accomplishment, and we can't wait to have those guests back on the show over the summer, try and get uh, David Ross here maybe even a little sooner. But um, just can't wait to have those guys back and, and ha hear about their experiences and the wins of their two um, entries in Dubai. Just, just very... Um, <laughs> proud of, uh, of those connections there. Wanted to run one more race replay. This one will be in the United States uh, as they ran the, the other, if it's not for the three races run today, the other big race that produces Kentucky Derby winners would be the Florida Derby. And uh, the Florida Derby was run last week with the favorite greatest honor uh, going off at better than even odds money here. A um, couple of competitors in the race. Uh, we talked a little bit with Derby Bill about collaborate uh, Spielberg was getting uh, a little bit of attention soup and sandwich uh, and known agenda with Irad Ortiz let's hear the call of the Florida Derby as they come out of the top of the stretch soup and sandwiches come away with the lead Novarax tries to cling to in second known agenda is being asked to quicken and he wants to get to the outside collaborates not keeping the hole closed so here comes known agenda greatest honors on his back after three quarters in 112 and one known agenda is now on to take over the lead it's known agenda and i read ortiz jr now moving away from soup and sandwiches back to second then greatest honor and nova rags 16th to go it's pletcher in the derby again it's known agenda for saint elias stable under i read ortiz jr two and a half clear 
a little bit of a payout there. Five to one on known agenda for trainer Todd Pletcher. And uh, uh, here's a horse. The Florida Derby is, is sponsored by the stallion Curlin, and he produces the winner here of known agenda, sired out of Curlin by a uh, by the mare by Rama. Uh, by Byron, a, a British uh, bred horse. So, uh, congratulations to those connections. And Known Agenda shoots right up to number three in the Kentucky Derby point standings uh, behind Hot Rod Charlie for Doug O'Neill. And Like the King, Like the King won the Jeff Ruby stakes last week. We won't play this replay, but uh, Drayden Van, Van Dyke delivering the winner there on a horse 7 to 1, the favorite in the race. Uh, Gretzky the Great ended up finishing fifth. Uh, so best of the rest here um, included Saint Hood, Hockey Dad, uh, Hard Rye Guy. All those horses are, are going to try and get into the Derby. But like the King is second in the point standings for the uh, Kentucky Derby. Just kind of quickly going through that list, the Dubai uh, Derby, the A. UAE Derby winner uh, Rebels Romance uh, is fourth in the standings. Then you have uh, Greatest Honor who will be uh, running today. Midnight Bourbon Mandaloon uh, with 52 points. Concert Tour uh, I really like this horse uh, sitting in eighth with, for trainer Bob Baffert. Uh, Wayburn runs today in the uh, Wood Memorial at Aqueduct sits 10th uh, in the point standings with 50 points. You have Essential Quality for Brad Cox, uh, Soup and Sandwich, who you just heard about. Proxy is a horse that looks, Michael Stidham mentioned today, will probably be diverted to the turf sooner rather than later. Um, so even though he has points and could possibly still run in the Kentucky Derby, it looks like Stidham is going to take that horse and, and focus him on the turf. Uh, Hidden Stash runs today with with, with 22 points. And um, maybe the last horse in, at least at this moment, would be Hozier uh, with 20 points. That seems to be uh, kind of a low ceiling. There's a lot of points being handed out today as part of the uh, Kentucky Derby uh, big three prep races, but those three, uh, but you know, if you, right now that kind of looks like 20, 25. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to tick up to 40, and that's what it's kind of been in previous normal years about 40 points. I don't think you're going to need quite that many points to uh, be entered in the Kentucky Derby field. So, uh, those are our race recaps. No Daryl Wood this week on off to the races, he's uh, doing some dog jogging, so we'll uh, catch up with him on some of this Virginia news. I do know he was traveling throughout the state, part of the Virginia certified program um, through the week. So uh, give him a Saturday off here and uh, we'll look forward to having him back next week on Off to the Races. So uh, those are the recaps. We now want to go a little bit west where they're still playing high school basketball in Kentucky uh, and uh, tournament is underway there. Keeneland, uh, as I mentioned earlier, entertained fans for the first time in over a year. Uh, Fans were able to come out and watch racing, even though it was about 40 degrees. Here, by the way, are the temperatures and the conditions for the the big three uh, stakes races today. The Wood Memorial, 55 degrees and sunny. The Bluegrass Stakes, 60 degrees and sunny. The Santa Anita Derby, 80 degrees, partly cloudy, a 1% chance of rain. So excellent weather for these uh, races. It won't be a feature or it won't be a factor. And, and we can kind of look at these horses and, and get, gain a real good idea about how the Kentucky Derby may set up four weeks from now. Uh, but want to reach a little bit westward here and bring in Evan Hammonds, the editorial director of the Blood Horse, bloodhorse.com, and uh, just a, a great resource on the web for all your derby news, recaps, entries. Um, been over a century uh, in existence, the Blood Horse. So I uh, um, want to bring in Evan Hammonds this morning. Good morning, Evan. Nick, good morning. Welcome uh, from the frosty Bluegrass was a little uh, chilly this morning, but the racing today at Keeneland should be uh, bright, sunny, and pretty pleasant. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I bet you everybody is running to the racetrack in Kentucky, much like uh, here in Virginia after basketball season. Uh, kind of a tough go uh, in the state of both commonwealths as uh, 
as Virginia got five teams in the brackets, uh, none of them made it past the into the second round. Uh, Norfolk State delivering the owner only win in the in the first four, and equally tough. So I, I bet your people are just anxious to get onto <laughs> onto the racetracks uh, this spring out in Kentucky. What was it like there yesterday? Well, I actually wasn't on. I wasn't at Keeneland yesterday. I was watching on TV like uh, everybody else. But they are allowing uh, up to uh, say up to seven thousand. There'll be a few more than seven thousand there uh, today. Which you know, Keeneland is not really that large. I mean, they do get uh, big crowds in like the twenty thousands on big days like this. But with in reality, they re- they really only have about twelve thousand seats. So if they're letting seven thousand people in. Uh, it looks, you know, like a, maybe like a regular weekday back in the old days. But yesterday, uh, with the cold temperatures, everybody who was there was out in the sun and out on the apron. So it looked uh, it looked pretty crowded on the apron. But I think the, you know the grandstand, which is under cover and a lot cooler, was empty. So they'll have a uh, good crowd there today, and then uh, maybe a few uh, ancillary people not interested in racing will be downtown Lexington for the. Uh, Final Four, but that would be for the Final Four uh, high school tournament. So, uh, basketball. You, you mentioned earlier about basketball, so we're we're not going to talk a whole lot about college hoops. <laughs> but the high school uh, high school final high school uh, tournaments down at the Final Four in downtown Lexington today. Yeah, it was such a cold day. It might be worthy to get that helping second uh, helping of Burgoo, perhaps uh, stay warm uh, out there in in Keeneland. Yeah, Although, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be out there uh, in a few hours. It'll be interesting to see what the food options are, and just you know how they're handling concessions, etc. With you know with limited capacity and limited uh, concessions. But if they have Burgoo, I'll, uh, I'll you'll be the second one to know. <laughs> Great, yeah. Actually, I've tried to make that a few times uh, myself. Can't can't quite duplicate the on track quality there at Keeneland. Uh, bluegrass stakes uh, being run on the first this opening weekend, and and just uh, I remember an opening weekend. Um, I think they ran. Uh, I, I remember Christmas Kid won the race because everybody made the comment it felt more like Christmas and Easter uh, because it, there was about an inch of wet snow uh, starting to get on the turf course there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but several, oh, that was maybe 10 years ago on, on an opening day weekend or opening weekend there. But, um, you know, how, how anxious are people, you know, re- ready to come back to the track, trying to get normal? Racing actually was one of the few sports that kept going this time last year, we could still watch Oaklawn. We could still watch Gulfstream. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be some pent up demand for racing. Well, there's there's a huge demand for racing. Uh, you know, in certain pockets of the country, and Kentucky being one of. So, I know, uh, you know Keeneland, the Spring Mini Keeneland's highly, uh, uh, you know, highly anticipated, and with and with the limited capacity. Uh, they had uh, no problem. You know, it's kind of like a, uh, a Springsteen concert or maybe the Stones or something. When they put the tickets <laughs> on sale, they, they ripped through them pretty quick. So uh, I think there might be a few spots available for a few uh, days during the week. But, like, yeah, especially the, set, the Saturday sold out lickety-split. So uh, the people that will that'll be there will be uh, <clears throat> fully charged uh, for an exciting day of racing. And then looks like it, you know, they're – the bluegrass stakes day as it's become is the big day and there's that and the ashland and a couple of other great stakes so good quality good quality uh horses running one thing that uh does look a little light though are the fields and uh that was the case yesterday uh you know some of the stakes races had six seven horses in it which is uh you're always looking for more than that but uh, you know horses are spread out and you've got essential quality who's the uh, you know, champion two-year-old in the in the Toyota, and I don't know whether he scared many people off, but you know that's a, a field of nine, and then you've got a some in New York, and of course Santa Anita. So it's almost like yeah. a playoff day for the Derby. Yeah. I went through this um, this field in the bluegrass, and and you see essential quality there, three to five. My comment was a lot of respect. 
Um, you look at highly motivated. Uh, that's a horse that finished third in the Gotham Stakes. He's three to one in the morning line. I guess that into mischief breeding is is really carrying through for Chad Brown, at least in the morning line. So I, I just wrote respect there, despite the setback. And then you look at like a horse like Untreated, who is. Uh, looking to repeat on a very impressive win uh, for uh, Todd Pletcher there. I put repeating, uh, repeatable respect. Mm-hmm. And, and you just mm-hmm. kind of look through this this whole field. I mean, essential, qual- this is a good group of challengers, but there is just so much respect being provided to essential quality. Keep me in mind has a win on the Churchill Downs track. So he's got a little Churchill respect. And of course, Dale Romans, he doesn't need respect to run his horses. He'll run his horse at 30 to one uh, sitting on go. Uh, so it, it, it's the, the bluegrass is a very respectable race today, but they're giving a lot of respect for uh, essential quality. What, what are your thoughts on the bluegrass? Well, I, I think they're merited, um, you know, uh, obviously, and he's got essential quality. He's got two wins uh, at Keeneland, you know, winning the Breeders' Futurity last year, the Breeders' Cup. But, but I think, um, you know, you see some of these prep races, horses have not made their first twenty twenty one start yet, but essential uh, quality has. <clears throat> and I think his effort in the Southwest was one of the better races by a three-year-old I've seen. And so he's you know he's coming in uh, for his final prep for the Derby here. So I I mean three to five is 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 legit. I think he's legit. He can run you know on the pace. He he showed some versatility coming from off the pace a little bit on the slop uh, last time at Oakland. So I mean I think he at four starts he hasn't done anything wrong. And so you keep riding that horse until he doesn't uh, do what he's supposed to do. But so far he's four for four. It's funny, you, you mentioned several in the field, and you didn't mention the horse I would kind of like to make in the exacta, and that would be the Mike McCarthy-trained Rombauer. So he's coming uh, kind of a West Coast horse, but he came over here for the Breeders' Cup last year and ran pretty well. But, I mean, he comes from well out of it. I don't see a lot of speed in the race here, and they're going a mile and eighth, so he should hopefully be able to sit a little closer. And... uh with a good little uh, punch, might uh, give essential quality some uh, competition at the side of the 16th ball. So that's that's where I'm going with my $2 exacta. Going with Rombauer. I, I thought you were going to mention Hush of a Storm, who uh, has three wins coming into the race uh, when you when you mentioned about and that. And my comment there was looking for respect because despite winning three well, races, he's 15 to 1. Uh, that's true, Hush. but uh, I. I have not uh, again. I, <laughs> you're looking for a horse to do something he hasn't done, and this horse, uh, as you know, his three wins have all come on the Tapita surface at Turfway. So he's going to have to show me uh, something else on dirt. But he's yeah, he's definitely intriguing. But uh, as far as looking, I, I'm not. I'm not a big uh, spread better, so I don't uh, you know bet exact the wheels, things like that. So I, I try to hone in on one or two and. Uh, honing in on Rombauer for the bluegrass. It's, a, it's similar to what uh, former track general manager Colonial Downs used to say, uh, John Mooney, never bet against yourself. Like the, like the tickets <laughs> narrow, like to stay just in the wind pool, and uh, didn't like uh, getting multiple bets uh, against. But the blood horse, certainly this is a time of year when people go, yeah, I mean, they through the years, there have been so many racing resources, and certainly uh, pay attention to the racingbiz.com as, as we bring Frank Vespi on later in the show. But between mm-hmm. the daily racing form and the blood horse, I mean, these are the go-to resources, and you're coming up on, on a time of year where um, the Triple Crown is upon us. You know, people's eyes will drift away finally from basketball. It's a sad day when when the season ends, but you know, yeah. there'll be a lot more interest in the Triple Crown. Uh, you know, in the next month here, you know, running through. Uh, what do we expect to? You know, what can the you know uh, 
surfers, people looking for resources, expect out of the Blood Horse here in, in terms of coverage and and just uh, you know the role that the Blood Horse plays. It's it is such an ironclad staple of of journalism um, in the thoroughbred industry. Yeah. What what do we oh, see great. here I, in the next month? Yeah, well, great. I, I appreciate that that plug. Um, you know, our, our numbers definitely spike uh, in you know late April, uh, gearing up to the. The Derby, uh, we will have a lot of, uh, on, on the website especially, and also a lot of the, most of the stories on the website get turned into the daily, which is a daily downloadable PDF if you're wanting a, uh, a uh, you know, readable uh, daily newspaper type uh, edition. But we will have uh, a lot of profiles of, uh, you know, breeders. Obviously, race recaps, full, full race recaps of all the races we have video replays of all the major stakes races uh, but i think our strength is in the profiles of the owners and breeders which also might <clears throat> lend some insight into you know how the horses were raised and uh, i think that i think the backstory to any uh or every good horse has a good story so uh the, the backstory is important to no, and it might offer some insight as to how a horse will run in the future. We also have a new thing that just launched uh, the other day called Blood Horse Plus, and that is uh, going to give you more <clears throat> insight into pedigrees and offer a lot more videos. We've struck a deal with Fox Sports. They're going to have uh, on Friday, we're going to have a stakes preview, which is up now on Blood Horse Plus, uh, which is uh, free for the first couple of views, but uh, it, it is a, a pay site. There's also a going to be a stakes recap on Sunday night <clears throat> or Monday. So uh, the good folks at Fox Sports are putting we've combined forces on that. So that offers you a lot of insight both before the weekend and after the weekend. Also on Blood Horse Plus, we have uh, enhanced stakes coverage in the we, we've uh, switched over from the weekly print publication to a monthly, so we don't have the, you know, the quote-unquote stakes section in the magazine anymore that uh, you know, offers the pedigree, family notes, background uh, of the horses. That's all now on Blood Horse Plus, <clears throat> so that's something you can, you can access online as opposed to waiting for your magazine to come in the mail. So uh, it, it, it's a whole host of uh, information on on any horse in the Derby or any horse uh, that's competed in the Great Stakes. Yeah, Maggie, you mentioned the uh, the Blood Horse Plus. Maggie Wolfendale, of course, hosted a Colonial Signal uh, back in the day uh, before uh, moving on to Maryland and, and eventually New York. So a lot of people that follow Colonial Downs back in the day will certainly recognize her and certainly mm-hmm. have been uh, on the TV coverage. The uh, with the Derby just around the corner, preparations, uh, perhaps, what are your thoughts on the Derby this year? Uh, you know, just the field as it's being assembled. Uh, you know, Byron King has his Derby Dozen feature on, mm-hmm. on the Blood Horse that, that you can track. But, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts just trying to get the Derby and the Triple Crown back to normal? Well, I think it's it's, it's great that we, you know, last year, Last year it was great that we got to run the races, regardless of whether they were in uh, June, September, or October, and, and they were jumped. You know, the, the traditional schedule was jumbled around, which was uh, I had no problem with, based uh, based on going through a pandemic. But it sure is nice to have it back on the same schedule. Now, again, as far as uh, attendance and how the races, how the tracks are going to do it i think it's evolved changing daily with the amount of people getting the vaccine etc so you know who will be allowed in churchill downs and who won't uh, still very much up in the air <clears throat> but i would assume on the racetrack there will be uh 20 horses for the derby and it's hard to it's hard for me to get a uh, firm grasp until uh, probably the end of next weekend after the Arkansas Derby, but with the, you know, uh, <clears throat> with the bluegrass today here, the Wood Memorial at uh, in New York, and the and the Santa Anita Derby in California, you always say, oh, after those races, we'll have a better picture. And usually you don't. Usually it's uh, as muddy uh, after as it is before. But it's uh, this is an exciting day. But this will this will weed out uh, this will weed out a lot of horses. 
today. I mean, yeah. racing today. Historically, not a good good day for favorites this day, uh, four weeks in front of the uh, Kentucky Derby. Well, Evan, okay. uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us on Off to the Races this morning. Have a great day at Keeneland. Enjoy the live racing action. And we hope to talk to you soon here uh, as we move through the Triple Crown and racing uh, in Kentucky. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, looking forward to today, and thanks uh, thanks for having me on. Great. Evan Hammonds, the editorial director of The Blood Horse and TheBloodHorse.com. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races. We played a little bit of uh, bluegrass music at the opening for the show for the, uh, for the bluegrass itself. Here's a little New York music uh, taking us in the break for the Wood Memorial. A little bit later, we'll talk to Derby Bill, and he'll have a take on the Santa Anita Derby. You're listening to Off to the Races. Westwood One presents Great Moments in Tournament History. The year Butler finally did it. A script so good it could have been a movie after this. Howdy, y'all. I'm hearing a lot of squabbling over who has the best chicken sandwich. But as the restaurant with chicken in our name, we let our sandwiches do the talking. The new KFC chicken sandwich has a huge breaded and extra crispy 100% white meat chicken filet, thick crinkle-cut pickles, and real mayo and classic or spicy, stacked on a toasted buttery brioche bun for only $3.99, making this a clear-cut chicken winner. Order the new KFC sandwich on the KFC app. At participating locations only, prices may vary, tax extra. Dear college sports, There's light at the end of the tunnel. A return to normal and all we love about sports. You've instilled resilience focus and selflessness in us we've put those lessons to work we've found strength and unity in each other you continue to take us places we never imagined you bring out the best in us so when we look forward we see the light at the end of the tunnel we see a better world for all of us and visit ncaa.org after several years of knocking on the door butler came crashing through in 2010 and made a historic run that captivated college basketball Gordon Hayward led the mid-major Bulldogs past more heralded schools, such as Syracuse and Kansas State, en route to an unlikely berth in the Final Four, where they continued their magic. Second free throw, no good. Rebound, Hayward has it for Butler, and this ball game is over! And Butler, yes, Butler, will play for a national championship on Monday night! But the Bulldogs couldn't complete the Hollywood ending, falling just short to Duke in the final, 61-59. Nevertheless, Butler's memorable march is another great moment in tournament history. I'm Kevin Kugler. Peace and justice, the fastest son of war front standing in Pennsylvania. From the family of champion What a Treat and legendary Coolmore sire Be My Guest. At Stud, Peace and Justice has 40% winners from starters, including stakes winner Like a Salt Shaker, plus Louis Law, Smoke'em Peace Pipe, and Italian Twin, a recent winner at Gulfstream. Peace and Justice, a brilliant miler by Super Sire Warfront, standing for just $3,500 at Blackstone Farm in Pennsylvania. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Maybe you've got a lucky jersey, or maybe you've got a pair of team shorts that you have to wear during the game, or maybe you've got a hat that's like a lucky charm. Look, I'll make it real simple for you. We are all for it if it keeps you from listening to us naked. That can be kind of awkward. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. 
the stomp. And we're back on Off to the Races. Eli Cook bringing us back. A little bit of stomp. Makes you stomp your feet. Get your blood moving on a cool Saturday morning. Geez, you really don't need uh, just go stand outside for a little bit. You'll start stomping your feet, whether it's to Eli Cook or not. Uh, our Features with Frank segment features Vicky Moon and... Uh, uh, before just a little bit on the back end of, of our segment with Frank, we'll talk about the equine herpes situation up in Maryland. It's just it's unsettling up there with the Preakness uh, looming some six weeks from now. So we'll talk a, a little bit about that at, at the tail end. But Frank Vespi now joins us on off to the the races about uh, a book coming out by Vicky Moon about Sylvia Bishop. An interesting story there. Can't wait for this feature. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Nick. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on again, and definitely looking forward to this conversation here. Our guest is going to be Vicki Ann Moon. Vicki is the author of 10 books. She's a resident of Middleburg, Virginia. Her latest book came out actually a little bit earlier this year. It's called Sylvia Rideout Bishop Had a Way with Horses. It chronicles the kind of unbelievable story of Sylvia Bishop. She was the first black woman to be a licensed thoroughbred trainer in the United States. She trained at, at Charlestown Races. And uh, just it, it is quite a tale. And Vicki, welcome to the program. I want to start you with this question. I, I've been thinking a lot about kind of the, the tenuousness of things and how random connections have, have a significant impact on, on the way things develop. How'd you get into the story of Sylvia Bishop, which was almost kind of a lost story until you brought it back to life in this book? That's a good question, and thank you very much for asking. Um, I met someone in the line to get a cup of coffee in Marshall, Virginia, okay? And this other man, I, you know, I love chatting with people because I believe that everybody has a good story. It might be a horse story, might be something else. And um, he told me about his aunt, who was a racehorse trainer in Charlestown, and she just so happened to be black. And I had already started a book about women who love horses. I already had the contract done and everything. And I went two days later to meet Sylvia at her um, fifth floor apartment at the Charles Towers in Charlestown. And after meeting her and seeing all her win photos, and she gave me so much information and names, I went back to the editor publisher and I said, I have to do the book just on this woman it's so incredible i knew from the moment and the that editor i loved her i still love her today she had published maybe three of my books but she it didn't it didn't it didn't ring with her and so she let me keep this small advance and i moved on but it took me 15 years to finish it it is it's quite a quite a journey to get this uh, get this book done and and uh, why did it take so long well uh, a couple of things I met her in uh, August of 2004 and she gave me her notebook she gave me photos all kinds of stuff but she died December 27 2004. So I just had a few months with her. I did like a, sort of a, for anybody who's familiar with the book, you know, Tuesdays with Maury, I, I met with her every week. Now, um, she gave me a list after list of names, and I had to get to those people. Um, I hit a couple of roadblocks along the way, I will admit it, one big one. And... Um, but then, as I got into it, I thought, well, I need this, and I need that. I need the race charts of every horse she ever trained. But she didn't have a complete list, so I had to go to the Library of Congress. I went through every uh, issue of the Daily Racing Forum slash Morning Telegraph, uh, looking for her name in the entries everywhere. She She did race mostly in... West Virginia, but she also went to those other classic half-mile tracks of uh, Timonium, which is still, as you know, in business, but Hagerstown, Cumberland, 
and so then after I got the names of the horses, I had to get their history and their charts. And uh, someone at the museum in Saratoga helped me get the chart, all the charts on all the horses that I had, which was about 200 horses. That takes time. <laughs> yes, it certainly does. Now, um, Sylvia decides she wants to be a racehorse trainer. This is, you know, the 40s and 50s. She's a black woman. The Rosie the Riveters that helped win the war are being pushed back into the kitchens. The segregation is still the law of the land in much of the country. Talk about the obstacles she had to overcome just even to get on the backside, let alone to have horses to train. That's true. And um, uh, th- those obstacles uh, still exist in some ways for women. But um, black women, yeah, that's a double whammy uh, in in any world. It could be in the horse world, but it could have been at the newspaper or whatever. Uh, she was lucky enough that um, she started at age 14 to go over there. Her sisters, uh, well, she was one of 17 children, we forgot to mention that, Were uh, two of her sisters were both married to horse trainers over there. Uh, and for anybody who knows Charlestown at all through the years, the last name of the brothers was Barry. Okay? And so that gave her a leg up and an inter- introduction to them to go there and walk the hots and do just what somebody would do today. Walk the hots, uh, clean the stalls, clean the tack, you know, just do whatever you were asked to do. Okay? But then when it came time for her to take the test, oh, no, um, we don't have any slots open for you to take that test today. So by, you know, the 50s, she was married, and her husband was what uh, some people call the program trainer. Uh, I had many people tell me that man, her first husband, did not like horses at all. But Sylvia started out, she had a horse of her own, she started with one horse, and this guy... Uh, would be the trainer of record. But she was calling the shots every morning back at the barn as to how that horse was going to train and which race they were going to. Uh, we're talking with Vicki Moon, author of Sylvia Rideout. Bishop had a way with horses. And, and Vicki, I'm going to name two stakes, and I, I'd like you sort of briefly to, to connect them for me because I think very few people will be able to other than you. The Sylvia Bishop Memorial Stakes, which takes place every year at Charlestown, and the Tyson Gilpin Stakes, which takes place every year at Colonial Downs. Right. Well, that that was that was an unbelievable. When you mentioned the word random, for for all of these fifteen years, Frank, it has been one random moment after another, beginning with that man in the coffee line. But then we come to Tyson Gilpin. Okay. And one of the first big stories I did as a journalist, I did with my husband. I don't even want to admit how long ago, but we went to Saratoga to do what they call at the Washington Post, the scene. And we followed Wayne and Susie Chatfield-Taylor selling their yearling, okay? And Tyson Gilpin was their agent. So that's when I first met him, okay? That's number one. And then number two, Almost to, towards the end of doing all my research, uh, I knew that Sylvia had won a big, well, in her world, a stakes race for Tyson at, it was Shenandoah Downs, uh, with his horse, Bright Gem. But his son, Tyson Jr., is an attorney in Virginia, and I met him, and he loaned me this scrap, family scrapbook with all the wind photos. That's number one. And then after she died... The uh, track there in Charlestown initiated a race in her honor to, for Phillies, appropriately enough, wi- you know, women all the way. And so it started out, the book starts out, you know, one evening uh, at the track for the Sylvia Bishop Stakes. And it turns out that a woman, Deborah Ketterman, uh, her she's a trainer, and she won the race that particular night. Uh, it is, it's quite a tale. It's a remarkable thing, you know, that um, 
Sylvia Bishop, an uh, uh, African-American woman trainer at Charlestown, ends up with horses for Tyson Gilpin, one of the, you know, one of the real blue bloods in racing and, and a major force in Virginia and American racing for, for many, many years. And I want to finish with this, Vicki. Uh, obviously, Sylvia's legacy includes the stakes race named in her honor. It includes this book that you have written. But it also includes her grandson, who is, to this very day, a trainer at Charlestown. You know what? He, th- this young man is a saint. He is so nice. I have never heard one bad word about Michael Jones uh, Jr. Um, in fact, um, last night, he he didn't win any races, but he had uh, two nice placings uh, at uh, Charlestown last night, and his Lifetime earnings since two oh one four, one point seven million. Mike Jones Jr. We did a, a profile on him uh, fairly recently on the RacingBiz.com. You can check it out there. We also did a review of Vicky Moon's new book, Sylvia Rideout Bishop Had a Way with Horses. You can get the book at vickymoon.com. That's vickymoon.com. Definitely worth a read. I, I read it when I reviewed it. I'm kind of going through it again in preparation for for this interview. It is, it's an amazing tale, and you'd think it was a tall tale, but it's all true. Vicky Moon, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Okay, and also on Amazon also on Amazon. That's Vicki Moon. The book is Sylvia Rideout Bishop Had a Way with Horses. Definitely want to check that out. Nick, kick it back to you. Yeah, good stories uh, all around this morning. We had Evan Hammond talk about that uh, in the first segment. Good stories from good horses, and here's a good story from a good trainer. So uh, I wanted to just bring up the uh, situation in Maryland because it, it has had repercussions. It's moved dates. It canceled, uh, in many ways, the card today at Charlestown due to a lack of horses because they, they ship from Maryland to West Virginia so frequently. What What is the status of the uh, equine herpes outbreak in Maryland. Well, so th- they've had uh, it, it's it's grown somewhat more complicated. So right now, uh, there is no racing at Laurel this weekend. They are scheduled to resume racing on April eighth. When they do that, so right now Laurel is being treated as one quarantine site. Pimlico is another quarantine site, and they've uh, kind of refurbished uh, barns at Bowie to be a third quarantine site, and that's where they're sending horses that have tested positive. Uh, Laurel and Pimlico are going to remain under quarantines till the middle of the month. Um, as I said, Laurel's going to resume racing on April 8th. That's this coming Thursday for the spring meet. Um, but it will only be horses stabled at Laurel. They'll be the only ones able to run uh, until uh, the quarantine ends at Pimlico, which I think is the 18th, 17th or 18th, which is also when Laurel's quarantine ends. So as long as there are no additional positives everything will be back to totally normal by the middle of april if there are additional positives then that pushes back the quarantine date for um for another couple of weeks beyond that and then that starts getting you into may so we're they're they're working with regulators they're doing everything they can to get the situation uh contained and complete and obviously everybody's got their fingers crossed that that's what happens yeah let's hope for a good outcome there it's six weeks away from the preakness so uh hopefully this gets resolved sooner rather than later later thanks frank uh, great feature there with vicky moon and um uh, sylvia bishop there uh, looking forward to following up on that all right thank you nick and, and good luck today with all the big races Yep, lots of big races, and we're going to bring in the big guy now, the heavyweight of handicapping here, Derby Bill Watson. We got the Wood Memorial. We talked a little bit about the bluegrass earlier, just um, before bringing in Derby Bill here, just kind of looking at some of these past winners. I don't see a Derby winner until going back all the way to 2000. Fusaichi Pegasus was the Kentucky Derby winner. Our second Derby as we went to it. I Want Revenge was going to be a favorite in the Derby, but scratched. 
shortly before the race, but all these other Tacitus, Vino Rosso, uh, Irish War Cry, Frosted, Wicked Strong, Verrazano, uh, Escondorea, a lot of good horses. Empire Maker was certainly a good horse. Congaree, but uh, not a whole lot of Derby winners out of the wood. And of course, even Secretariat didn't win the wood. So uh, bringing in Derby Bill here for uh, our handicapping segment. Good morning, Derby Bill. And we got three big stakes races in front of us. I, I know it's a, a big day. That in the final four, the big three stakes. And uh, uh, good morning, Derby Bill. Can't wait to get your thoughts on these big three races. Oh, yeah. It's a tough following authors. I mean, I've, I've written books, but none of them can be published. <laughs> yeah, or edited, perhaps. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that interesting story there, you know, and, and of course, uh, it's it's a shame this outbreak has impacted Charlestown so much as well. But, uh, you know, we're, we want to look here at, let's start with the... Um, Let's start with the Wood Memorial here. Let's go uh, east coast to west here. And uh, got a field of nine for the uh, Wood Memorial. Our favorite, uh, Trevor McCarthy here, hoping to turn this into a McDerby uh, outing for him with Weyburn, the winner of the uh, Gotham, and 45 to 1. Um, his foe in that race, Crowded Trade, is, is also uh, coming back for this race. Uh, but geez you look at just kind of the way the pace sets up sets off with this uh there seems to be a lot of speed and you can kind of gain some sort of understanding on why uh, risk taking at five to two is starting to do things right here and and just may have an opportunity to to take advantage of of some pace here uh is that the way you see the wood yeah the wood as you said uh the santa nina derby's produced like 20 Kentucky Derby winners and the Florida Derby like 24. So the Wood is sort of a second second fiddle has become a second fiddle race probably because it's New York and it's cold. Uh, if I was a horse owner I'd like to train down in Florida or California and keep my horse out of the uh, conditions that they've gone through this year especially. The Wood is a evenly matched race which helps the betters. Obviously Chad Brown you think Chad Brown, New York. You think I read Ortiz, New York. You think risk-taking. You think about four to five. And this race, I can't see it. I just can't see it. I think it's the most even wood in a while, and that that gives uh, your uh, local favorite, uh, sort of favorite, is uh, Weyburn, a good chance here, Trevor McCarthy. And with a horse that can get the lead, and he can close, it's a rare trait in a horse. That can uh, run from the front or come from the rear or show the guts he did in the Gotham uh, coming back and winning that one for uh, with the best jockey ride I've seen in a while from Trevor. Trevor on the on the rail looked like reminded me of Bow Rail. So I'm gonna use Wayburn on top because he's nine to two, and Chad Brown's horse underneath, and uh, try for some value in this race. This is probably the most valuable race to the betters out of the three big ones today, the Santa Anita Derby, the uh, the uh, Essential Quality Derby in Keeneland, and then uh, this race. So this is where you make your money today. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. With, I mean, even Candyman Ro- Rocket, you just got to draw your a line through the Tampa Bay Derby, and maybe this horse even still looks good for Bill Mott, getting 12 to 1. But it, it just from a, yeah. And I'm not much of a pace handicapper, but it just kind of seems like risk-taking can take take advantage of, of some duelers up front here. Yeah, the other, one, the other one you have to throw in there is prevalence, Nick. Obviously, Godolphin mm-hmm. is winning everything. The Dubai World Cup, uh, he won the Saudi Cup. I mean, uh, Godolphin's got so many horses this year for a change and has Weyburn and prevalence in this race. So that's my exacta there. The Godolphin exacta four, I mean eight and six, which is uh, Weyburn and prevalence here. Prevalence uh, three to one, but undefeated. And uh, Godolphin's just stacked this year for a change. Yeah, yeah, maybe an opportunity to find some value. We're going to move to the Bluegrass Stakes held in Lexington today. And by the way, all these races uh, will be broadcast on NBC Sports. I think it's 5.30 to 7, really 7.30. I think they're going to go a little longer today on, on NBC Sports Network. But the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes, we used to kind of 
kid a little bit about this race, especially when they had the poly track out there, the the synthetic, because it almost produced more Virginia Derby uh, starters than it did Kentucky Derby starters there for a while with horses like uh, Doolahan and Brilliant Speed. Um, you know, so many uh, good horses here. But, you know, here is sort of another situation where you don't see a whole lot of Derby winners recently coming out of this uh in fact geez you have to really kind of go back i see strike the gold here um and that might be it you know there there just hadn't been very many derby horses uh win the derby coming out of this race but essential quality might be that horse uh we talked about him with evan hammonds earlier in the show a field of nine here three to five on on this big horse uh do you beat essential quality today no, once again, Godolphin has a stacked barn for the Derby. This is a Kentucky Derby favorite, and deservingly. Uh, and he's won every race easily. Uh, goes into this race, targeted this race for, uh, he could have ran out, you know, could have stayed, you know, other places, but he's won at Keeneland twice, knows the track very well. And, you, you know, as you said, uh, could have ran in the Santa Anita Derby, could have won that, or could have won the Wood. This one could have won all three of the races today. So uh, I see nothing touching this horse, and he's a single for me all the way. Uh, should win easily this race. Essential quality with Saez up. He's ridden three brilliant rides on him in this, down at uh, Oakland Park and at Keeneland. So Godolphin's got a, uh, a derby top, you know, superfecta horse for sure here. Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems to be the case. Um, switching out to we to the left coast here, the Santa Anita Derby goes off at seven fifteen. Uh, so I, I guess they will extend that show to, uh, to seven thirty. Roman Centurion will be a scratch. Uh, could come back next week uh, for either the Arkansas uh, Derby or um, uh, what's the the Lexington at Keeneland. Uh, so it, it's going to scratch down to a field of nine. History is on the side of this race. We had Justify in the open, but there's also California Chrome, and I'll have another, and, and just a slew of other good horses uh, that have either come through running this race. Point Given, uh, Pioneer of the Nile, uh, Golden Sense, Exaggerator won the Preakness. Um, what are your thoughts? You kind of look at this this race, Medina Spirit, 5-2 to two with uh, Bob Baffert. This has definitely been his race. Um, a couple of, of uh, intriguing challengers here. Rockier World is coming off the turf. Kind of an interesting play here this late in the Triple Crown season. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Santa Anita Derby? Well, Bob Baffert, uh, you can correlate him to Gonzaga as the uh, <laughs> king, king of the left coast. Well, the prince of the left coast. Gonzaga and Bob Baffert own this race. Uh, just like Gonzaga owns the NCAA tournament, the Santa Anita Derby's won what this is going for his 10th win in this race. And he targets this race with this whole, almost in an entire barn here. He has Madonna Spirit, as you mentioned, Johnny B up as 5 to 2, and he also has Defunded, Defunded at 8 to 1, which is a nice price with Mike Smith uh, teaming up with Bafford. And you know what that's done before. You can't ignore those two in any big race. So, yeah, I think it's a Baffert exacta there. And, uh, you know, there's more value in trying UCLA plus 14 and a half. <laughs> yeah, Baffert, his first win in this race was in 96 with Cavanier. And, of course, that horse went on to uh, to win the uh, – did he win the – he was uh, – Actually, he did not win the Derby. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Baffert has certainly owned this race. Um, any thoughts? You've got a, a, a gimmick wager for us in the last moments here of the show? Well, I don't want to ignore the ladies. The Santa Anita Oaks is April 30th, and uh, you have the Santa Anita Oaks today, and uh, Beautiful Girl is another Baffert horse at 9-5. to five. So, I mean, he just dom- the West Coast is dominating everything this year, so. You know, you can't go against him again in this race. And the Ashland Stakes at Keeneland have a horse called Malathat, uh, Pletcher, and Rosario there. So there's more value at Keeneland today, but there's 15 stakes races you can bet on and uh, squeeze them in between, squeeze in the Santa Anita Derby in between uh, hoops in the basketball tournament. 
Yeah, keep it. Keep those batteries fresh. Thanks a lot, Derby Bill. Good luck. One other note: attachment rate of Virginia bread is running in the Commonwealth Stakes seven furlong race at Keeneland. That's the seventh race. Good luck to those connections there. Want to thank Evan Hammonds, uh, Frank Vespi, Vicky Moon, and of course Derby Bill, James Flowers. Great job on the board. We'll see you next week on Off to the Races, ten o'clock post time. Firm Studios, your personal interview.